Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Today on the show, we have Elizabeth Walker. She was the former manager and compliance over IBM's public cloud solution. She's now the security compliance manager at LogicGate. LogicGate offers modern risk management technology empowering businesses to proactively transform risk enterprise-wide. And that switch from IBM to LogicGate is something that we dive into. How do you go from having a large team, a large compliance team to being the only compliance person in your startup and and kind of the lessons learned there that that maybe we could apply. Elizabeth and I also geeked out a little bit on the show, The Office, and started talking about the different personalities that she's seen in compliance that correlate to characters from The Office. So uh, it's probably my, definitely my favorite part of the episode. Then we also talk about what Elizabeth's team's looking to accomplish this year. If she were to start a compliance consultancy, what gap would she fill? And I really enjoyed her answer there. And then lastly, we talk about what a, a commonly held belief in the profession that Elizabeth passionately disagrees with. We're also including a link to LogicGate's website. If you look over to the resources area, they have uh, their blog, other resources, and then they also have a uh, their own podcast called GRC and Me. Um, not only do I like the content, but it also rhymes, which I think is great. And so be sure to check that out also. Here we go. What makes your brain happy? What makes my brain happy? Um, I think having time away from work and my family, love my family, but just to pursue creative hobbies. Um, you know, I love, I have a side hustle as a cake baker. So nice. doing that um, and just kind of relaxing and being in my element. Um, I like that answer. My, I remember the first time, uh, what do we have? How old was he? Our kid's three and a half now. He was like maybe one and a half pushing two or something. Anyway, it was like the first time I was just me and him for like a weekend or no, no, no. He'd left. He went with the missus somewhere. I don't I forget where they went. They went to like, I don't know where they went in-laws for the night or something, two days or whatever. And I remember like, it was a Friday night. It was dark. And I just like opened the front door and I was like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do right now. I felt like I should be picking something up. Cause that's what you always do. Like I'm always just picking toys or, you know, <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know, I guess I can watch whatever I want to. And I was like, well, if I've got one night, what movie, if, you know, if you've got one night to watch a movie, what would you watch? And so right? 
Um, I, like, I like that. What song makes your brain happy? Um, unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. I don't, I don't know. I feel like you just want to like sing and dance to it whenever okay. it comes on. Like, I don't think it's just a happy song. Okay. What's your favorite tool? Tool, like physical tool or doesn't matter. Tool. Software tool. Some people said pen and paper. Ooh, favorite tool. I love a good like pen, like a soft felt tip pen, right? I don't know. Taking notes just makes you feel better. Yeah. Makes me I, happy. I get that. Um, I talked about my pen so much one time that somebody sent me, <laughs> somebody <laughs> sent me like a box of them. There's like 30 <laughs> pens in there, all different colors. And I still have, I've used like three of them. Um, and if yeah. they're different colors, even better. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you use the uh, like permanent marker, the Sharpie ones with a fine tip that are multicolored? I have those as well. Yeah. That's what yeah. Uh, my wife likes to use too. Okay. And then if you could grab every auditor in the world by the shoulders and just shake them, or let's say compliance, because you're in compliance, every compliance person in the world, grab them by the shoulders and say, you please just do this one thing. Like just do this. What would that be? Oh, please just do this one thing. Um, Don't scare people away from audits. Like it's not a bad thing. I feel like people get a little... Compliance gets a bad rap sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Be nice, yeah. guys. Be chill. Um, when we talked, you were talking about the different office, the show, The Office, the different personalities oh, yeah. from The um, Office that you've run into in compliance. And I've had a similar conversation, but I was curious, who are the office personalities in compliance that you've seen? Oh, I mean, so The Office is my favorite show. I can go through literally the whole cast of The Office <laughs> if you want, but I'll try to like limit it to maybe four or five. So when I say I see characters of The Office and it's usually when I engage different stakeholders or SMEs to participate in internal audit and helping me with interviews or collection of evidence or, you know, from our various departments. Um, so you have like the Oscar who's, you know, very good at his job, very diligent. He'll ask thoughtful questions. He'll sometimes push back. That's like my, my gold star of a, <laughs> of a person who I want to work with. And I'm like, great, you're an Oscar. Um, sometimes they're a Pam, right? Like she's very smart. He or she is very smart, but they're not as confident about their subject. They haven't been in front of auditors before. You might need to prep them a little, go through the evidence, talk through it. Um, there's like the Stanley who will just give you flat what you ask for. Like, I want a screenshot <laughs> of this. And it's like one line of text. And I'm like, yeah. that, that's not helpful, Stanley. So you have yeah. to like elaborate a little bit. Like they, he did his job, but it was the bare minimum. Bare minimum. Um, there's the Dwight, which I always feel like I run into in like the super tech roles yeah. where they always are kind of skeptical of requests coming in you know, you have to provide a little more justification or they're like, that's, that doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not technical. Like, please help me understand this. And um, always a little bit on, on edge or, you know, hesitant to engage. Um, have you ever, so I had this same conversation with some folks a couple of weeks ago and I said, okay. and I rattled off some of the folks that I've, I've met that are characters from the office. And I said, I hope I never meet a creed. Have you ever met a creed? I, I think I made a list for just internally for fun. And I was like, if you run into a creed, just like run the other way. Yeah. Like this person is of no use to you. 
Um, have I met a creed or run into one? Thankfully, no. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, no. So the, the other thing from the office and that, and I've thought about this, but I haven't talked about it before. All right. You know, the episode where Dwight creates the doomsday device <laughs> yes. where it's like, if, if something goes wrong within the process, within the office, then they get like an X, three X's. And I think a text goes to the boss with some information, uh, something, something bad. When I watch that now, I'm like, <laughs> That's a continuous monitoring process, and the, <laughs> like the the amount of work it would take to actually get that implemented is completely unreasonable. And then it just throws me out of the entire show. I'm like, I can't yeah. even buy into this episode anymore because of that. I have the same thought. I'm like, how did Dwight implement this? Yeah. Like, what did he do? Like, I need not maybe as like a scare tactic like he did, but yeah. you know, something like this to tell me we're all yeah breaks are yeah it's it's uh it's nice so so there's scott's tots is my least favorite episode and then now it's that one because i'm just like it's completely unrealistic unrealistic okay outside of office talk because i feel like we could probably just do that for the next uh 45 minutes a hundred percent what what is your what's your team aiming to accomplish this year so we got our first ISO 27001 certification uh, just a month ago, which was really exciting. Nice. Um, and then upon, other than just maintaining, uh, expanding our certification, so maybe looking into some around privacy, um, since a lot of that is becoming more and more prevalent and more and more you know, applicable day to day with our internal stuff as well. And then also really... Our, the goal, overarching goal, I know it for our company, or at least our compliance department this year, is to empower others in compliance. So, um, empowering our stakeholders, our control owners. So, I'm acting as a consultant, a project manager, but I'm not telling people you have to do this, you have to do this. I'm presenting, okay, here is a gap. Here is what will happen if this, you know, if we don't take care of it, here's what happens if we do, or like the potentials and really allowing the SMEs to make the decisions, right. Um, empowering them. So we're working with several like internal, you know, risk groups, control groups, and really trying to like educate them and help them understand more about our compliance posture. Nice. My follow-up question was going to be, how are you doing that? But it sounds like you basically present a gap analysis of this is what it's going to, what's going to happen if you don't, and then let them decide. I like that. Hey everyone, thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. And so formerly you were at IBM. Yes. Now you're at a startup, so pretty kind of polar opposite there. What, what's yeah. What's been the difference there? Uh, and maybe what have you brought from um, something as large as an IBM to a startup and kind of the uh, almost lessons learned? Yeah, of course. So, you know, at IBM where we have so many resources, 
uh, our internal audit was, you know, we hired an external firm essentially to do our internal audit. You know, we didn't, we had to participate and help to an extent, but um, now I'm here to start up where it's all us, right? And since we don't have a team of 12 compliance people, it's just me, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have to ensure that the process is set up right, that we ensure separation of duty. So things that I own, I can't audit myself on. It's not quite ethical if I'm like, yeah, I passed every time. Right. Um, so just really how we set up that program and run it in general is very different. Um, I feel like the engaging the control owners is pretty much the same on both fronts, right? Um, everybody has varying levels of understanding when it comes to compliance and how to participate. So really just creating enablement across the board has been continuous and how to do that and how to best engage and, um, you know, communicate with people with, through those processes. I really learned at IBM and brought it over to Logicate. Um, and yeah, and as a, I was a manager at over at IBM and now I'm a individual contributor. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, some of that people management burden has been lifted, but it also helped me gain a really good understanding for um, kind of the project management part of it and how to really coach and empower others. And I know this might be different because of um, IBM versus LogicGate, but what do you, what do you now feel like you're measured against? Like, what are you metrics on? As far as my, my individual position? Yeah. Um, well, our external certifications, our standards and the efforts there, along with our internal efforts. So since we are a smaller company, we engage directly with sales. So a lot of the metrics can come from, you know, we're doing all these customer support, these questionnaires, these ISQs, which go directly to how much money we bring into the company, right? We're directly supporting sales. Um, so we get a lot of metrics from there as well, um, from the compliance, you know, information security perspective. But if you were to start a compliance company, what gap would you fill? So I would just build Dwight's do. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I could do that, I would. Um, no, I, I think I said I would create a solution that would seamlessly do physical and logical access provisioning. So, um, you know, spin up decommission users do, from disparate systems, because, you know, at LogicGate, for example, we only have 200 so employees. Yeah that's fairly easy to maintain the physical and logical access for, right? We don't have data centers to contend with, but at IBM, you know, IBM cloud infrastructure, we had 60 plus data centers around the world, all with different building management, all with different badge systems, all, you know, and just the sheer volume and upkeep it took to just monitor and make sure that physical access to our raised floor space was like consistent and that, you know, intern B didn't have, like, somehow had access a month after, you know, that never happened. But, um, you know, there's always a little a hiccup here and there. And so having that, if I could link all those systems somehow and auto-provision, deprovision, and ensure that logical access and physical access was just like a seamless, you know, experience, that's what I would do. Yeah. So. I think the seamless part is, yeah, absolutely difficult. And, and to your point, 
that's one of the more common things that we look at relative to analytics within internal audit is do we have people that are terminated that still have access to XYZ right. system? Literally every time there's somebody that pops out, whether, Always. whether it's, you know, 30 days after or whatever. <laughs> um, and there was one time where we went and got a list from like, usually, you know, typically you'd say, give me the terminated user list from the prior year or for like the last 12 months or whatever. And we compare that. And I was like, I wonder if they're, we've only been doing it like that for a little while. Let's get like the past like five years or whatever. Yeah. And there was somebody that had been in there for like three years that still had act because we didn't have them on the list, the initial list. And so I thought that was um, pretty interesting. I mean, their access was cut off at AD. So it really wasn't that big a deal or anything. But um, yeah, that's one that pretty much every time you're going to find somebody that is definitely an issue everywhere. And obviously I know companies have compensating controls that yeah. will help you know for those those friendly stragglers who carry on but um there's always one there's yeah. always one. i was talking to somebody about that about two weeks ago i guess and okay. and they were saying for them the risk was management not notifying hr but i didn't really, i've never really come across that very often like when we go look at it, it that wasn't it it was usually like yeah payroll's <laughs> cut off like we're gonna make sure that payroll's cut off it was usually all the, like the other systems that whoever the application owner was or the data owner was, like they weren't being notified. Um, so I thought, I thought that was interesting. What do you think about that? Have you seen that much? As far as like managers failing to inform HR? Yeah. Or So we would run into that maybe sometimes in some of the far off data centers. Some, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if it was immediate termination or whatever, but they were like, oh, we had to escort this person off. And then maybe it took a minute or like a day or 24 hours, whatever, for them to alert the correct people. But yeah. if it was an immediate termination, obviously this person was escorted off the premises. However, we need to ensure that it goes through the HR process to cut off all the logical access. Like, I don't know, you know, luckily in that one instance, they probably took away their cell phone and all their company assets. But yeah. at the same time, yeah, we've run into, I, I've seen it occasionally but it wasn't anything drastic yeah yeah that was that was kind of my thought too okay uh what's a commonly held belief in the profession that you passionately disagree with um i don't know if i passionately disagree with this what do you kind of um, disagree with kind of disagree i think um individual credentials or certifications are wonderful mm -hmm. um i don't personally have them i don't think I, you know, I've worked with people in the past who did, who were not great contributors to our job or our team or our work. And yeah. so when I'm looking to hire somebody or build out a team, or I'm consulted with like, okay, we're looking at X, Y, Z for this position. Um, I don't really put a ton of weight on credentials. I don't think they're as important as, you know, I feel like sometimes it's like, oh, you are this. So we have to have this just to be a part of, you know, the compliance right, community, or right. whatever, to have any sort of weight or leverage or credibility. But um, I, I disagree. <laughs> so, do you put more stock, I guess, into, I, I mean, more obviously past the resume phase, it's in the conversation, the questions that are asked and how they're uh, answered. 
uh, obviously you'd put more stock in that, but what are you looking at when you look at a resume then? Is it, is it just background if, if you're not taking certifications? Yeah, it would be their experience, right? Um, you know, if so, two people had the same resume and one was a CISSP or a CISA, then, you know, maybe that would be the contributing factor, but I'd probably want to interview both of both, them yeah. just to see, okay, you both have the same experience. In my, in my past, I've seen people with exactly the same resume and uh, I don't know if, you know, this one was crap and this one actually worked their butt off and they didn't have any certification. So I think I personally would just bring both of those to the interview phase. Is there anything else you would like to leave the audience with? Well, uh, Logicate also has a wonderful podcast called GRC and Me. Um, we actually did a recent episode about internal audit. <laughs> so um, I think that's coming out soon. Uh but our lovely, you know, information security people at Logigate pair with marketing to put out blogs and stuff about this kind of GRC content. So uh, definitely worth a read. But overall, as a compliance person, I kind of just want to leave the message of compliance doesn't have to be like a negative or foreboding or scary thing. I really want to encourage people to um, approach it with an open mind not all too it's not all bad hey everyone thank you very much for listening to this episode of the audit podcast whatever platform you're listening on right now i'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere so please hit the subscribe button there if you're listening through itunes or spotify feel free to go give us that five star rating it only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five star review and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from The Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.